I'm ready. This is episode 130. I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because, as always, Real Church Matters. How are you guys? Good. It's great to hear. Glad to hear from you again. Hope you're glad to hear from me. We have uh, one week before Christmas. And we got like a few days after that, like the week and a half, two weeks before New Year's. Going into 2020, I want to be more deliberate. I want to be more intentional. I want to be more studied and learned. So that I can provide you guys with uh, content that you can live by. Uh, with that being said, let's jump right into it. Realchurchmatters.com is the place to go. That'll take you to, uh, if you haven't subscribed and you would like to subscribe to uh, the Apple Podcast, um, you can do that there. If you listen on Spotify, you can find a quick link there. You can just click on there and it'll take you there. Or you can just search Real Church Matters in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. As always, um, it is through your giving that it allow me to continue to build this thing out. Um, I'm sitting here staring at um, some great looking equipment to prepare for the new year. And that is partly uh, due to your giving. So I appreciate it. If you're interested in giving, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash real church matters. I appreciate it. Um, what else? Obedience over audience, as always. And without further ado, episode 130. Now, the cool thing about coming to the end of the year is that you start to reflect. You start to think of all the things that are going on. And, you know, I I happen to have preached uh, for my last time in 2019 this past Wednesday, and I wanted to leave out with a bang. I wanted to make a a statement in a way about what we need to be focusing on even more. And I believe it's our minds, the minds that we think that we can uh, allow to operate any way and still operate in the life and peace that God has given us. That's not the case. So, um, with that being said, this is Behind Enemy Minds Part 2, and uh, still in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, um, last week I focused on 7 and 8, and it's interesting how I, I kind of, I like to go in reverse sometimes. I think it teaches it in a more clear fashion. So I use 7 and 8, um, and just to recap, 7 and 8 explained that because of the carnal mind that we have, and we said that mind is a mind that's set on the flesh, it is enmity or hostile against God, for it is not subject or willing to submit to the law of God, neither can it. So then they that are in the flesh, those who have their mind set on the flesh, cannot please God. I wanted to go a little further with that. He kind of explains it in greater detail in the first uh, two scriptures above seven and eight, which is five and six. And 
Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. I'm going to stop there for a second because that statement, if you are looking in your Bible at Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, there's that passage says, They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So when we're after the flesh, he defines that as a person whose minds, who minds the things of the flesh. So we want to break down those two words after and mind. After means according to or agreeable to those who are agreeable to their flesh. Your flesh shouldn't agree with you. You shouldn't be agreeable to your flesh. Those who are living or thinking or walking or making decisions or speaking or whatever, according to the flesh, those are the people that we're talking to and, and things that we need to break down in ourselves. If I am living according to my flesh, I cannot please God. If I'm living in my making decisions according to my flesh. And so in order to help you with that, I want to help you understand what that means to be according to or agreeable to is simple as Philippians 319 which says your whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose God is their belly. And we look at a reality that our gods are our belly when we are the person whose mind is after or agreeable to or according to the flesh. You can replace flesh with belly. I'm a, if I'm a person who's agreeable to my belly, now, let's replace belly with appetite. If I'm a person who's agreeable to my appetite or to my desires, belly, appetite, desires, lust, all the same thing, flesh, all the synonymous with one another. If I am a person who's living according to or agreeable to my desires, he says, and whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things. And we'll get to the mind in a second because we are after or according to the flesh. But that means that we are minding the things of the flesh. If I'm after or living according to or agreeable to my belly, that means that I and minding the things of my belly. What does mind mean? Mind means to direct one's mind to a thing, to seek or strive for, to pursue those things. When we're pursuing things that gratify our appetites, pursuing things that gratify our desires, seeking things that seeking things that are gratifying to our desires, striving for things that are gratifying our desires. That is a person who is minding the things of the flesh and they are not after the spirit nor the things of the spirit. Let me help you out. What, what are the things of the flesh? He lets us know in Romans chapter one, in verse, let's just go verse 29, being filled with unrighteousness. Those are the, these are the things of the flesh, unrighteousness. That's anything that goes against the word of God. 
that you knowingly know that goes against the word of God. Fornication, that's sex, premarital sex, sex outside the confines of marriage, sex outside of the commitment and, and, and the understanding of what marriage is to God. Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness. The reason why I said uh, let me pause for a second. The reason why I said fornication outside the bounds of marriage to God is because the scripture tells us that if we lust in our hearts after another, we've already committed adultery or fornication uh, before we've even physically commenced or physically committed that act. So fornication is a little deeper than what we were taught. You know, in the past we were taught, you you know, you sleep with somebody, but uh, that's not really, you know, what the focus is to God. The focus is to God, the heart, the mind. So a person who is striving towards fornication, we know what that looks like. Everybody should know what that looks like. Striving, pursuant towards wickedness. No one stumbles on these things. I want y'all to know. Make that clear, because when we say these things like striving, people will automatically uh, uh, equivocate their intentions through the eyes of themselves, which is foolishness. So they'll say things like, well, that's not me because I don't really be striving for it. It finds me. No, you understand what you're seeking. All opportunity does is re reveal what you truly are seeking. If I come to you and proposition you, but you have not your heart set in the flesh, but your heart is set in the spirit, no matter how much I proposition you, no matter how much I bring the opportunity to you, you will not engage in it because your heart's not there. Your heart's not there. You could debate it. That's fine. Y'all can sit and debate. I, I'm not really into the interest of debating. I'm into the interest of accountability. We need to own our choices. We need to own our decisions. Life is not happening to us. We are happening to it. And whatever we're doing either draws us closer to life and peace or pulls us away from God's life and peace. That's just the reality of it. Let's look a little further. Those who are drawing to covetousness, to maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, Inventors of evil things. These are things that draw us. These are things we seek. Disobedient to parents. You know, there's, uh, interestingly enough, at, with the advent of technologies, no matter what technology it is, somebody finds a way for that technology to draw us into our desires, even if it has good intentions. I believe that. Uh, the smartphone is one of the greatest inventions that ever been created. But the fact that we can use that phone for such evil allows us to understand that there are inventors of evil things. We are inventors of evil things. You are the Steve Jobs of your desires. You are constantly thinking up new ways to gratify yourself. Seeking, striving, pursuant to agreeable to according to these things 
without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. There's so much in these things. But the reality is, is that when we are seeking these things, that we are not after the spirit. And why does that matter? Let me help you understand why it matters. Let's go back to Romans, right at the top of Romans, uh, verse 24. He said he gave them up to the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. The, the reason this matters, on top of the fact that when we operate in our flesh, we are removing ourselves from the life and peace that God has afforded us and wants to provide to us. And a lot of the discomfort in your life is because you are living according to and agreeable to your fleshly desires. You wouldn't be so disappointed with life. You wouldn't be so disenchanted with life. You wouldn't be so frustrated with life if you gave up trying to meet the needs of your belly and started seeking how you can operate in the things of the spirit. What are the things of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, kindness, meekness, long suffering, temperance. These are the things that you should be setting your mind to. As the scripture says, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is worthy unto God. He said, think on those things. When you're setting your mind on the things of God, instead of being an inventor of evil, you become a person who, who's spurning others and constantly considering yourself how to move in good works these are the places that people's minds are not going these are the same people that come to church and say they want to engage with God how are you going to engage with God when you are seeking to gratify yourself God's not God's intentions it's going to always feel frustrating when you are coming to God to meet your need instead of coming to meet his it's going to always feel like you're you're given 100 percent and God is given nothing. He is not chipping in. He's not co-signing as you exchange what he's given you for lust. He said, what is it that a man will give up for his soul? What will he what will he give or what we what, what is he getting in exchange for his soul? So let's look here. So the first thing is that we have to understand on top of the fact that we forfeit life and peace is that we dishonor our bodies when we operate in this way. We dishonor our bodies. We dishonor others when we operate in this way. The other thing is that we change the truth of God into a lie. It's every time you try to process the truth of God, it will, it will output as a lie. Because you're filtering the truth of God through your flesh. I say that one again. I know you could rewind, but some people, they just want to get through this. It didn't say they listen, but they're really not resonating or, or sitting with this. Anytime I listen to the word of God, if I'm listening through it, through my uh, intentions and my desire that word won't be agreeable to me and so what i'll do is change the word to make it agreeable to me that's how we change the truth of god into a lie this is how people will listen to you preach and say i don't agree with that this is how people will listen to you teach and say you know what he he's he's focusing on this and i feel like he he ain't one to talk he's judging he's this 
this, this is the reality is that I, you can't look at me or any person that's teaching. You can't look at us as people on high looking down to you. I need to be able to handle and address and talk in a way that is inspired by God as if it's God and understand that I'm down in there in the power with you learning, listening and accepting the truth of God so that I might change my life for the better. Now, if you can't see that, that's on you. I can't fight with people with it no more. I can't fight with people when they get upset, when they feel offended like it's me. If you can't see the truth of God through the messenger of God, then you've not only killed the message, but you killed the messenger too. The reality is, is that we, when we ingest the word of God with a disagreeable spirit, with a disagreeable desire, we're going to change it to an agreeable way and makes the truth of God a lie. See that we worship and serve the creature more than the creator. This is why we serve things that, that God has provided to us, but we avert our eyes to it instead of to him. That's why we're more hurt when we lose money than we are with the absence of God's spirit. That's why we're more concerned with the absence of people more than the absence of God. We are concerned about things that take us away because that's our focus. That's why he said to Peter, he said, get thee behind me, Satan, for you savorest the things of man and not of God. Savorest means what? What does savorest mean? I want to help you out with know what savorest means. It means to direct one's mind to a thing. To seek or to strive for intent on promoting a thing you are savoring. You're promoting not the things of God, but the things of men. When you focus yourself on the ways of your desires, Peter desired for Jesus to stay. But that wasn't what Jesus had to do. That wasn't the will of God. This is what happened. He heard what Jesus said and processed it through his own desires. And what came out was you ain't going nowhere. And that's not the truth of God. That is a lie. And it's that quick. It's that simple. It's that simple. I've heard it all. I've heard people say, you know what? We're we're uh, we love each other. So in that eye, in the eyes of that God sees that love and we could go ahead and have sex. We can go ahead. We don't have to be married to have sex and, and people not realizing that you're reason these things because you have a desire. If you didn't want to have sex with this person, you wouldn't be no more trying to devise a way in your mind to make that happen than a man on the moon. We got to be honest with ourselves. Let the person be ugly. Let the person not be desirable to you. And they can say all day, like, hey, we can have sex right now. You'd be like, listen, the Bible said ain't no sex going down because it don't fit your agenda. It doesn't fit the narrative of your flesh. We got to be honest with ourselves. We are more connected with the narrative of our flesh than we are with the narrative of God's will. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. But we got to grow out of it. We got to get to the truth of the thing. The other things that, that the reason why this stuff matters, if, if 
knowing that you remove yourself from life and peace don't get you. Understand, when we are serving our belly and our desires, we then are giving ourselves up to vile affections. What does that mean? We're giving ourselves up to affections that don't please or honor God. Affection is a good thing when it's in the eyes of God. That means, he, as he says in verse 26 of Romans 1, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And I want you to understand when he says nature, he's talking about God's design, how God designed things to naturally move. You will watch a football game and see a guy uh, bend his leg in a way that's not natural. And we immediately know he's injured. We know he's injured from the get. Your ankle shouldn't bend that way. Your knees should not bend that way. Your arms shouldn't bend that way. That brother is hurt. He's injured. I don't have to be a doctor to know that. I, I saw the way his leg bent. It was not in a natural way. We don't understand the reason why we have to be clear about this is not only are we dishonoring our bodies, but we are injuring ourselves. We are injuring the spirit. We are injuring our relationship with God because we are bending things in an unnatural way. This don't just go for homosexuals, though. That's what he's speaking to here. We got to be honest. Verse 27 says, and likewise, also men leaving the natural use of a woman. Forget the, the woman part for a second. Do you understand the natural use of you? That's where we're at with this. Do you understand the natural use of you? Do men understand the natural use of a woman? Do men understand the natural use of a mouth? The natural use of an anus? The natural use of these things? If you don't understand them, when we move beyond the natural use of something, we are injuring. You're not injuring the person. They might be down for it. They might, they might not even understand. But we are injuring our relationship with God. We're injuring and dishonoring what he intended because we are injuring his understanding of affection. Come on, guys. You can't get mad at homosexuals and you practice sodomy too. We understand what the anus is for. These people were burned in their lust one towards another. That's the thing. He's even letting you know lust burns us. It injures us. It maims us. If you've ever been burnt before, you understand that there's levels of, of degrees of burns that don't ever go away. They, they leave you uh, maimed. They leave you disfigured. And you look at our lives and some of us, we are disfigured. We are unseemly, as it says towards this scripture. He says, burned in their lust towards one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. We don't look good now. We are burned. We're injured. He said, because of that, we were receiving in themselves the recompense of their air, which was meat. He said, whatever y'all get for this air is what you deserve is meat for you. It's 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, this person who operates by their flesh does not want to hold to the truth of God in their heart. They are not interested in it. They cannot and they will not. 
God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I love the word convenient, but he's, he's not talking about a convenience to you. He's saying these things are not convenient to the will of God. They're not convenient to the plan of God. They're not convenient to the design of God. The reason why the people get upset with global warming is because they're trying to explain to people that what we are doing is upsetting the natural order of things. So now things are happening that should not happen. This is why we're talking about AIDS. We're talking about something that is upsetting the natural order. This should not happen. When we talk about diseases, STDs, we're talking about your life is now upset. The natural order of things. This should not be. There's certain things in our life that should not be. But we in our actions and our choices have messed up the natural order of things. There are people who cannot have children anymore. They think that it's just something that happened naturally. Not understanding that there are diseases because of the choices they made. There's a link between HPV and uh, uh, women being unable to bear children. There's links between some STDs and uh, fibroids and cystic tumors in the cervical regions that prevent people from having children. These are things that are the product not of natural design, but of choices that were no longer convenient to natural design. People play with this stuff. Come on now. I sat with my doctor. She said, you don't have to have diabetes. Your choices, your diet, your eating habits is upsetting the natural order of your life. Oh, my goodness. 29. We got it. We not 29, 28. He says, and God gave them over to a reprobate mind to get to do those things which are not convenient. We are inconveniencing God's plan for our life. Some of you are frustrated with your life. You don't know why things are going the way you're going. You're blaming it on God, but you don't know you live a life that's inconvenient to the will of God in your life. He wants to bless you, but you live a life that's inconvenient to blessings. He wants to direct you, but you leave a, lead a life that's inconvenient to his directions. You, you, you. In 2020, we got to do better. We got to focus on us. We got to look in the mirror and say, me, me, me. Closing out, I, I wanted to make sure you understood there was a man named Paul, who used to go by Saul, and he was standing before the King Agrippa. And in Acts 26, 4 through 15, he realized that he was doing a lot of things that were contrary to Jesus. They were inconvenient to Jesus, inconvenient to the plan that God had set forth through Jesus. He realized this when he was walking, moving through Damascus and a light shined on him. And Jesus appeared to him and spoke to him in Hebrew and said, why do you persecute me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I want you to understand it as you sit in this holiday season and some of y'all deal with seasonal depression or you dealing with seasonal uh, uh, dis disruption in your mental and emotional capacities. I want you to know it's hard because you're kicking against the pricks. 
In other words, because this is a colloquialism or euphemism of the time, he's saying, why do you insist on going against the grain? You don't have to go against the grain. You are going against the natural order of things. You're going against God's design. You need to move by your spirit, not by your flesh. Moving by your flesh is moving your life in an unnatural way. It injures you. It disfigures you. It maims you. It causes you to look unseemly. It's not just the homosexuals. It's not just the transgenders. It's all of us deciding that we're going to be something and forcing ourselves to be it, even though it goes against the grain. He said, who are you? He said, I'm the Lord. I'm Jesus whom thou persecute. You thought you was loving me, but you were persecuting me because you're going against the grain. A lot of us are like Paul. We think that we're we think we're loving God, but we don't realize we're hurting him. We're dishonoring him. We're injuring our relationship with him. We're pushing away his life in peace because we're going against the grain. We're going against what he desires for our life. It don't have to be that way. It don't. This, this, as we close out this year, really break down behind enemy minds, behind, get behind your mind, get down to the deep seated places of your mind. Ask yourself, am I serving my belly or am I serving my spirit? Am I serving God or am I serving myself? Ask yourself those real questions. You deserve to, to give yourself a real answer. Don't lie to yourself. Don't delude yourself. Too many delusional Christians out here. They will tell you all day they living right. They know they not. Just like people who say they eating and eating healthy and they on a diet. But the weight that we see in their life tells us otherwise. It's time to let go the weight that easily besets you. Happy holidays. <laughs> Episode 130, Behind Enemy Minds, Part 2. I hope you got something out of this. If you're interested in the message, I only have Part 2 of the message. But it goes a little deeper and I say a few more things that can help you in the way. God bless. God bless.